You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Saturday Morning Mm. D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, Good morning, Sir Sir Lucian. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be, Australian friends, if you're watching and you're up late. Uh, we have our UK Welcome. friend who's who's very very regular yeah. here. Uh, Zeris yeah. and, uh, Probably getting ready for dinner right for them <laughs> over in UK. They're I like it's uh, afternoon there. I heard the afternoon be show. Yeah, be careful over there because I heard there's a lot of flooding in Europe. Germany. I just noticed a couple Germany has of articles. A lot of flooding right now. So yeah, yeah. be careful. Careful guys. Kind of spooky. And there's a uh, this is kind of this this actually is an interesting thing to talk about uh, that could relate to RPGs. There's a wobble in the moon apparently that because of rising sea levels and stuff uh this wobble has been happening for a long time but now it is going to have a greater gravitational impact on earth and they think there's going to be a lot more flooding because water more water is being able to be shifted around so we're seeing Uh, like a change in the science wow and so i was thinking about that as a as a role-playing aspect like what if that was like okay every 300 years the moon like wobbles Wobbles. (laughs) and monsters get released or i don't know like it's kind of the same thing like an eclipse but only like a moon wobble and so yeah Yeah. and anyway i like and like what if yeah yeah you have to fly to the moon and take care of it and all that stuff be Mm kind of cool very cool i love it well and we've been talking a lot about me and jordan off camera about planetary shapes and cool ways to use yeah. planets or what different shapes so yeah, no, so how this, weather's affected you know yeah uh, we've been we we finally I, last week we finally were like you know we need to like really think about this like <laughs> cliff at the end of the world campaign yeah and uh so we've been talking a lot about that and got a google doc going so we can kind of share ideas and that's what we were just talking about before the show started is i like the yeah. The idea, because we were, yeah, you were saying, like, is it like a flat Earth and you just go down? Mm-hmm. Or is it like two halves of a hemisphere or something? And mm-hmm. uh, and I, right before we went on, typical Lucian fashion, he likes to ask me questions and then unmute Two my minutes mic. before. <laughs> <laughs> and so I couldn't answer. But uh, when I think of the edge of the world, I do mm-hmm. literally think of just a sky that goes forever. Yeah. And you look down and, like, maybe you see clouds. Ooh. Maybe it's just, like, maybe on a clear day, you can see a good, like two or three miles straight down. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah. And these weird perpetual sunsets because the sun will go down, but because Mm -hmm. it's not a curved space, you still get lots of light radii up until it gets all the way underneath, you know? Yeah. So I wonder if you have uh, like, I don't know, an an extremely long night Mm -hmm. and an extremely long sunset. Because the sun will rise, and you're like, okay, the sun rises, but it never really goes down until right. it goes underneath that. So, yeah, and the, yeah, not to not to do the whole show on it, but you could also do the globe to where the sun goes around where the globe has been cut in half. So yeah. it's always sun. It's never not yeah, without yeah. sun the way it rotates. Yeah. Um, so it'd be, it could be some interesting things that you could explore. You know, maybe that's how dark sun happens. You know, all of a sudden you get the <laughs> deserts and the super long days and um, or you get something, you know, like some of those other movies like Pitch Black, where they talk about they're on a planet that I think mm-hmm. goes for 42 days of night or daytime and then several days of night. And that's when the monsters comes out. And that's yeah. when the creatures comes out. So interesting stuff. Yeah. So um, I see Glammy. <laughs> hello. So speaking of that, I just got a Kickstarter yesterday fulfilled the PDF. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forgot the name of it, so I'm going to open it really fast. But it's the Desert Moon. Yes, Desert Moon of Karth. So this was a Kickstarter that I backed uh, because the art is amazing. Uh, It's for the Mothership RPG. Oh, yeah, 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 Mothership. Yeah, yeah, that scary one. And so it's a a setting and like a, a... place you could stop in and it's the desert moon of Karth and it's like here's all the cool things in it and people live in craters and things like that but it did talk about like because of the other planets uh Mm -hmm. and it's it's a moon and its rotation to the planet that it is a moon to uh not immune to but a moon to um Mm -hmm. that they have like two or three weeks of darkness every uh for every week of sunlight or something and right. I was like, man, that is so cool. Like, I like the idea yeah. of that going around and stuff 
Uh, and then how you like, your whole civilization has to be built around that. Yeah, so. yeah. And I was thinking about our edge, that cliff, and water coming off of it. So when the ocean drains off that edge, what does water do when it falls down a really long... Because you're talking miles. You're not just talking, you know, 100 feet and then it hits bottom and it turns into a river again, like, you know, the the Niagara Falls or something. Uh -huh. You're talking about it falls so long, it's no longer water. It becomes dispersed into moisture in the air. And then I think it would just build clouds. And then those clouds would slowly start to rise back up above the ocean. You'd have big storms in the ocean, all uh -huh. that water would come back down. And it would perpetuate itself, almost like a perpetual water feature that you would put somewhere where the water that's draining is also getting pushed back up so that it can do it again. Yeah. And what a sight that would be, you know, like watching torrential water just turn into mist and humidity and mm. spray that eventually turns into the clouds. That's why you can't see much further down. So there's a lot of cool stuff we were exploring a little bit on that, that campaign world that we've been thinking about. Yeah. I, was, I also like the idea that there's like a, a zero gravity area. Yeah, there has so, to be, right? Yeah. And then if people use it as like a trash dump, when the players actually get down there, there's just like, yeah. thou I mean, thousands of, of, of miscellaneous broken yeah. objects or stuff that nobody wanted. And you're like, it's like looking at the bottom of the there. ocean. It's yeah. like the bottom <laughs> of the ocean, you know, just sediment and, and bones of whales sitting down there and just have been down there forever. <laughs> crustaceans. You know, yeah. so it was pretty cool. But we had a whole bunch of stuff going on. D&D &D Live is going on. There's yeah. a whole bunch of uh, books got announced and sort of leaked day before-ish stuff. People are making videos all over. The, Lots of stuff. The whole community, YouTube community is up and making a lot of content about stuff, stuff that got announced. Stuff. So we got a lot of cool D&D <laughs> &D stuff. I definitely was like, the people are like, hey, you're going to make a, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Fizzband. You're going to get a Fizzband video out? I'm like, I unless I don't want to sleep, I don't know. So I, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's probably a next week oh, Jordan job, problem. Dude. But if I had released it on Wednesday, that would have been pretty cool. Um, yeah, so the uh, the new book is Fizbin's Treasury of Dragons. Mm -hmm. um, and that, so going backwards, we had uh, the the Wild Beyond the Witchlight. I'm getting it, my getting my W's mixed up. But yeah, the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, mm -hmm. which, which is a one to eight adventure. They announced that, and then they announced a November book, which was the Magic the Gathering Strixhaven book. Yep. Um, but there that's was a mystery two. book in the middle that we're like, we don't know what it is, and that's what Fizbin's Treasury of Dragons. Fizbin's. And this is this is going to be a monster manual, kind of uh, a few subclasses, and a lore book. And they they described it really well by saying, like, it's like a Mordenkainen's Tome of monsters or whatever that book was called foes yeah tome of foes because that had a lot of information on volo's like, guide aladrin and all this other stuff and then there were there were races in there as well and mm -hmm. i don't think that had any class features but this one has two subclasses the monk dragon and the ranger dragon i don't remember their name which i thought were really cool because they were cool ua articles yeah. that we all saw not too long ago i'm, I'm curious to see how they make it into the book because usually there's some tweaking there but they mm -hmm. were cool in the ua articles for sure um, it's all about dragons and has a bunch of dragon layers and stuff. And I saw in an interview that they're going, this book utilizes the Theros uh, super monster style where they have a layer, but they Kaiju. also have like, well, no, just like uh, in Theros, some of the monsters in Theros, you would get to like 50% their hit points and oh, they would like nice. switch into hard mode or something. And boss, so it boss, was boss. like a it was like a different combat but the same monster kind of a thing to keep players on their toes. Mm -hmm. uh, and I haven't yet to run stuff. No, I did. I ran I modeled uh Mika the Wolf Spider, Miska the Wolf Spider for Rod of Seven Parts off of one of those monsters in Theros. Uh, and it made for a fun fun fight, fun campaign, so mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, a nice shift in the middle of the combat at some point where something starts yeah. to get and, and it's kind of cool. And uh, fourth edition did that a lot, where like monster mm -hmm. mechanics would change when they turn bloody. Because, yeah, yeah and, and uh, fifth edition hasn't done a lot of that. Although I'm thinking of, there's certain monsters, like the Kua, not Kuatoa, the Sahaj, Sahagwin? Sahajin? Sahagwin. Sahagwin. They, if you are missing hit points, they get like a blood frenzy and they get advantage and stuff, I think. But yeah. they'll fight to the death, basically. So this book also introduces gem dragons. Uh, what do you know about gem dragons, Lucian? 
The only thing I know about gem dragons is the Matt Coville book that yeah. <laughs> introduced dragons. So I thought that was funny because we had <laughs> some people in the Discord that were like, so is Matt getting like uh, yeah. royalties or something? I thought this I was actually a Matt know Coville they, thing. Yeah. They existed before they existed and they were before, only yeah. talked in a little so. bit, but he definitely dove into them. He had cool miniatures made of them. They were part of Kickstarter's, you know, uh, progress steps. Mm-hmm. Um, during his campaign, and he really dove into them, and they looked really cool. I liked his version of them. I'll be interested to see their version of it. Um, I don't know. I've I've never had a campaign where I've said, "Man, you know what I'm lacking is uh, I'm missing a ruby dragon." If I had some ruby dragons yeah. in a monster manual somewhere, I could really make this campaign work. Yeah. But maybe now after I read them or get to them, I would. I thought it was kind of my comment to the whole thing was with the dragons is that. It's a tough book for me because I feel like in all the adventures that I've been a part of in the last five years, I think two dragons have kind of shown up and they were good guy dragons. We didn't really fight them anyways. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot to put a book on well, something that doesn't get used in campaigns a ton. Or if it does, it's a big thing in your campaign and then it's done with like it's a big battle maybe you fight a red dragon or maybe you fight a black dragon or something and that's your capstone to a campaign chapter or something but it's not like every episode is going to be tackling dragon stuff it doesn't seem yeah. like you know it's, well and i'm wondering if this is going towards dragon lance as a setting where dragons are way more prevalent uh or i should say dragons are more in tune with the story because Eberron is the same way. There's lots of dragons in Eberron, but they're all kind of like keeping to themselves. You yeah. rarely have to interact with them. Um, I don't know. I, but, I think a know. book like this would encourage people to utilize dragons more. And awesome. like, I love dragons. And so to have like a, have to have the history of like how they grew up and what, what mm-hmm. one of the things they asked was, or said that it's going to explain why dragons hoard magical objects. And I was like, that would be cool to just have a reason, I guess, you know? And then you're kind of like, okay, like, I know that, you know, this uh, lich's phylactery is being held by this red dragon because of X, Y, and Z. And so it'd be kind of cool. I know a lot of other people were saying they were mentioning Dragonomicon, which was a book that Mm -hmm. had come out before. So it's not like we haven't had had a full dragon on book. So it's not unheard of. We play a game called Dungeons and Dragons. So have a book based on dragons. But when do we get the Dungeonomicon then? Or when do we get Fizzman's Treasury of Dungeons? You know, that sounds super kind of fun, too. (laughs) Um, Or living dungeons and and stuff built around just dungeons. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Silver Belay, uh, fr- friend of you, you know Silver Belay because we played uh, yeah. that game together. Um, but yeah, he was asking, are gem dragons neutral because we have uh, chromatic dragons are evil and metallic dragons are good, uh, and they are. They are the neutral dragons in between. Um, they kind of pick sides when they want to. They're also uh, psychic. Like, a lot of them have interesting mm. uh, 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 elemental affinities, and so they'll do, like, radiant damage or psychic... I think one of them has, like, a psychic breath that we talked about, or I talked about in a, in a video. Um, I did a video on the Sapphire Dragon, because they introduced that through a supplement for 5th edition D&D, and uh, they have, like, chunks of themselves or gem that are kind of, like, held together psychically, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool, or through, not psychically, but telekinetically. And there is uh, something else that I thought was really cool is you could be a dragon, um, dragonborn, but you could have a gem background. So sure. I could be like a ruby dragonborn. And I've uh-huh. never wanted to play a dragonborn until right now, now where I'm like, I absolutely <laughs> want to be like the sapphire dragonborn. I thought yeah. that would be really cool. So, Well, and with dragons, you have the chromatic and the metal. And usually it's the same number on each side, right? Because mm-hmm. they've always been. But then if you throw in the gems, are we going to have the same number of gems? Because there's lots of different types of gems there is, yeah. that you could name a dragon after. Are they going to be a bigger number of possibilities? How do they fit in the struggle of the chromatic and the and the metallic? Yeah. Is that, are they How are they part of the fight? Why haven't they been in the fight till now you know like what are they doing that keeps them away and we haven't really talked about them so it'll be interesting if they dive into the lore or at least i hope they dive into the lore. no i i know that the for some reason the 
the god of all gem dragons is a ruby dragon, and I can't remember his name, but he's in a ruby citadel thing that orbits the Forgotten Realms. And so if you ever see this, like, red star in the sky, uh, that's this ruby dragon's home. And so I'm wondering if that will come into place, too. How do we go there? He's very powerful. And, yeah, like, how do you get there? Wouldn't that be cool? (laughs) Like, that's a whole adventure. That would be so neat. But... I always thought it was weird because usually it's like the the platinum dragon or the white ones are kind of more powerful, but uh, this one was a ruby dragon. I don't know why, but anyway. Um, I'm sure I have a video about it. I'll try to link it down below if you guys are interested. Once we see it. Uh, So... Have we seen a date on this one? Yeah. I don't remember uh, seeing a date. October 19th. So that's the October book. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight very soon. August, September. I believe so. And then October and then November for... Uh, Strixhaven. Strixhaven. I think of the three, I hate to say it, I think Strixhaven has me the most interested. What, why? I know it's a Magic the Gathering setting, but because it feels like it's going to have more player options mm-hmm. and it feels more like a setting I want to run, although I may pull a piece from Fizbin's Treasury of Dragons. It doesn't feel like I'm going to focus a whole campaign around all of it, but I guess I could. After I think I you really it. could. Like, I mean, if you do like an Onyx dragon or some some cool yeah. dragon type gem type that you could build a whole world around. What about Wild Beyond the Witchlight for you? Well, for before, me, before we switch, I did. I want to ask okay. you, like, because more information came out about Strixhaven too, and I don't know if you knew yeah. about this. So oh, it's gonna, I might not have. It's got, it's got uh, D&D, it's got Adventures. Um, four adventures are going to be in this Strixhaven book that will let you run a campaign from one to ten. Nice. So that's kind of cool. There's uh, the new playable race is the owl, uh, the owlin, which is an owl folk. Um, And then you'll have new magical creatures and NPCs. uh, And then you have the new um, magical classes. So Mm -hmm. this one also, like, I I was curious if you want to incorporate this because I think in order to really get the Strixhaven feel... You can't be a fighter. You maybe you could multi-class into other stuff, oh. but the idea is that you are a bard or a warlock or a wizard or a cleric. Like you magical have to have school, some kind of magical, magical powers. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you still feel the same? Are you still that yes, excited? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love the idea of running that campaign. Even if they have that kind of limitation, then if you're gonna like if my player says, but I really want to play a fighter, then I'm gonna say, well. How do we flavor that so it's very magical in nature? Are you like a, a sword singer? Are you what is it that allows you to be a fighter, but it's still done in a magical way? So they let you into the magical college of whatever it is. And maybe it is moving things around with telekinesis type powers or, mm-hmm. you know, mage hand is the thing that swings your sword. You're an expert at letting mage hand swing a sword or something. Mm-hmm. And that's that's your style and that's how it works, or something like that. But so you'd want the group to be buy into the campaign setting you're, you're I think I'd creating. have to, yeah, just yeah. To, to really, and I mean, I love casters, and I know a lot of yeah. other people that love casters, so I think it, it wouldn't be a hard buy-in. Like, no. there isn't yeah. somebody who's like, oh, we're going to be in a mage school, or a mage school, I want to be a barbarian. You're like, well, yeah. come on. Like, <laughs> I hate magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never yeah. touch it. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I like, yeah, if you're doing a dark, although I do like the idea of an I think we've talked about this before where it's like everybody's the same class, but a different subclass, which would work right. really well with a, uh, uh, a, a bard. I think if everyone was a bard or a cleric mm-hmm. or a wizard, I don't know if you could survive, but we'll yeah. be, mostly because you don't have that healing. Yeah. So. But imagine this, you have competitions between the bard colleges and the wizard schools and the sorcerers, whatever you would enclaves or, you know, you give them all names and they come together and they do battles with the, you know, for school pride and stuff. And I just think, Oh, that'd be really cool. If you're, you have a campaign that's built around, we're a bunch of wizards and we're, Mm -hmm. we're figuring out, but we got to go fight the bards and how that's different. The bards are going to send their best fighters. And it's like, you know, it's like sharks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, we can do dance battle offs. I wonder if Strixhaven will have your, uh, (laughs) dueling. Your, your magic right. dueling that we were talking about. So. Yeah, we need cool dual mechanics for two people two really dueling and it'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. Be really More fun. than just counterspelling your counterspell, I would like. Yeah, so Strixhaven's is my most excited I'm for. I bet Fizbins will be the one 
that surprises me that I end up liking more than I think I'm going to like. And then Wild Beyond the Witchlight, I think is going to be a good book for a lot of people, but I bet it's the book that I bounce off of and I don't quite dive into. Even though me and you have been talking, we want, you know, Feywild. We want, you know, the Shadowfell more described and more Feywild stuff and more of this and that, you know, more more planes and more existences yeah. that cover just not the material plane of, you know, Forgotten Realms and Sword Coast. Um, but I don't know. What about you? Thank, well, I want to jump in and say thank you, Steve, uh, uh, Steve Zerk, for donating $10 to the show. That's Steve very nice says, of you. Steve's he, a cool Zerk. He wants to ask a question saying, uh, if you could make a character from a book series part of D&D, uh, Wizards of the Coast official, what would you choose? <laughs> like, if you could just import one into, this is now canon. <laughs> the five demon bag sorcerer Ooh. from Big Trouble in Little China. That's pretty good. I'm sure it's a book. But that is the class I've always wanted to build. I still may build it, and I wish it was in the game. The five bag. That's really good. Demon sorcerer. Yeah. (laughs) That's just a cool name. Like yeah, yeah, I loved it. (laughs) Um, that's awesome. So yeah, Wild Beyond the Witchlight. A lot of information came out about this. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. a great interview with uh, now named game architect Chris Perkins. (laughs) Yeah, game architect. <laughs> he got he got a promotion somehow. He's not yeah. he's not lead writer or whatever. He's now head game architect, which I thought was interesting uh, yeah. and fun to put on your resume. Uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight. They talk about uh, oh, I took notes because I wanted to like actually talk about this. Uh, yeah, we said one to eight adventure, um, and from what I was reading, it's going to be kind of like Ravenloft, where it's modular in the sense. So if you do want to run it as a one shot and have your friends go experience the carnival they can run around and have a good time otherwise the carnival is a gateway to various parts of the feywild yeah um and they're introducing this new idea called domains of delight which is Mm -hmm. counter the ravenloft domains of dread uh which is also interesting because i thought that they would tie domains of delight to something more shadowfelly and i wonder if the ravenloft is supposed to be shadowfell uh or if that book is coming at some other point yeah right well, and the map they give in that book I saw because I was watching a little bit of the video was they have Hither, Tither, and Yawn. Yeah. And how they're very three different places. And you and they are very domains of dread, like where you can put in those mists yep. anywhere and you happen to stumble upon them no matter what campaign world you're running if you want to throw it into your campaign that you run. So by definition, a domain of delight is a sequestered realm ruled by an archfey. Um, and this also makes me wonder if we'll start getting some archfey books. I know that mm-hmm. uh, Cobalt Press has some really good, uh, like top tier archfey that you can put in your game. Um, but I don't think there's a lot in, uh, uh, in the D and D books, like the wizards of the coast. Mm-hmm. So this adventure is going to take place in a delight domain called Prismere. And this is something they've created for this, but uh, or for this this game, it the lore is is really changing. But we've never really established the Feywild. I don't think they ever we didn't wanted canonize to. it. We've touched it. Um, we've yeah. Well, no, Wizards of the Coast. I don't think they've ever like like mm-hmm. you know here's a map of the Feywild because the idea is that you do get lost or like things happen. So this is a, a way for them to say you could stumble upon this, but you don't necessarily need to. Um, you know, 40 miles north is uh, Yawn, and that's, you're going to go over there and things like that. Mm-hmm. And in the video, Chris did a really good job of explaining, like, there might not be a road to where you need to go. Or if you get on the road, it leads in a circle back to where you started, and you have to figure out the puzzle to kind of get to where you want to go. Um, something else that was really cool is that Chris Perkins said in that interview that this one to eight adventure you could do the whole thing with zero combat like Mm -hmm. they're incorporating puzzles and other alternative solutions to every combat ish experience in the whole game and i wonder how many like pacifist run-throughs we're gonna get of this game (laughs) just like some of those other games like undertale and stuff where it's like you can beat the whole game without actually fighting anybody so right I, don't know. I wonder, and that what when I that? heard like, that, I like thought combat. that was interesting. <laughs> I love combat. Yeah. So yeah, so you, I'm, that's like the antithesis of what I want in a game. But I thought it was interesting because I was thinking, wait a minute, could we have done 
Tomb of Annihilation with no combat? Could we have done any of these other ones? And I think that you could if your DM was super flexible and allowed you to be creative Mm -hmm. and come up with ways while you were avoiding all of the combat and how you were getting out of all of the combats that were there and all of the dangers of the world. So I, I thought it was kind of interesting. That feels like it'd be a pretty small niche group that doesn't want to fight because when I'm making a character and I make my barbarian and we're going to play an adventure where there's no combat, does that mean I never really rage? Does that mean I never really get to use my, I'm an orc barbarian. I get to roll 17, 18, 19 on a, on a crit success, but guess what? We don't have any combat, so I'm never going to get to use that ability. Yeah. I I mean, 90% Uh, of the game is. Yeah. (laughs) So that's a weird. That that help you. Uh, get Light. through combat, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if nobody's... Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And so it's kind of... It, it would be a very interesting game. I... One was, time. I was like, okay, I'm curious about this. But the minute that Chris Perkins said that, where you could go, like, completely pacifist with it, I was kind of like, okay, now, now I'm really interested. And I want to <laughs> read this adventure... I don't know if I want to run it, but I really want to read through it because I'm I'm curious about that aspect of game design with it. So, yeah, we'll see. and and still see how it being fun, being fun. And mm-hmm. I think you could do it. Is it the game you'd want to play all the time? Maybe not. Well, but I think yeah. it'd be cool to try it like a, a stealth run of, you know, your favorite video game where you're you're trying to go in stealth through it as much as possible before you're found out versus just running into the room and gunning everything down. You know, there's lots of ways you yeah. can get around that. You know, those Metal Gear Solid games where people are specifically doing speed runs, not trying to do combat as much as they can, finding quick routes around things yeah. to get to the end. Well, that's, so that's what I was talking about, like the, the yeah. pacifist mode or something. I think there's yeah. a, a World of Warcraft uh, about that, too, where people. Oh, are, yes. Yeah. Some like, guy don't, don't actually fight, but you level get up to 60 by not killing so, anything yeah, somehow. Yeah. By, but you just do quests yeah, and you quests do. And, uh, crafting or something. I didn't play. World yeah. Warcraft, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, and again, to me, that's super interesting one time, but it's not like that's what I'm going to do in every game but I play, the, or that's, yeah. I'm going to make five characters that does that. Yeah. Like so three play books. a different game if that is what you want. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, maybe D and D is shifting. I didn't tell you this, uh, but I got a, a module that I bought on the recommendation of Sly Flourish called, mm-hmm. Uh, knife to be here. I oh, I saw that yeah. on the Discord. Um, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna open that up because it was like a five E adventure, but it's it's using five E mechanics, but it felt it looked like a 1980s horror. Yeah, movie. yeah, like yeah, but like ha- but Freddy they, and it's Friday five E compatible. So I'm really I'm I haven't read through it yet. Yeah, but I think Sly Flourish was saying it was really cool. And yeah. my point of bringing that up is I wonder if people are figuring out how to manipulate the 5e rules well, yeah, uh, make everybody to get more people into odd style of gameplay like this. You know, we're talking about being yeah. a pacifist of the Feywild. Uh, what if it's like, okay, yeah, you guys are familiar with 5e. We're going to run this game now. It's a one shot. Uh, so the rules are kind of similar. Like you have a D20 system, blah, blah, blah. But like maybe they've... Uh, you know, maybe you're not a wizard or something. And we have no, to no, figure no. out how you Yeah, you just use the so, stat block. Yeah. You just let somebody run a stat block and that stat block is common teenager or whatever, yeah. or commoner. And they you have hit points, you have your stats on there and then you role play normally. You yeah. just happen to be having a small condensed monster stat block or NPC stat block instead of a full-fledged level 20 character that you're building. Yeah, and I... Because our brains could easily, right now, me and you could play that game and not shift anything because the mechanics are so good. I'd be like, all right, teenage Jordan, there's a cabin (laughs) right in front. There's no lights on in the cabin. It looks like nobody's been here for years. What do you do? Yeah. And you could just start role playing. You don't have to have anything. You're just, I don't know, I go up to the door. Oh, there's some bad guy there. What do you do? I punch him. Is there something I can grab? I grab a, you know, a... A big log and I hit him. All right, roll to hit. You well, know, and comment that's why initiative. I love, uh, kids on bikes because <laughs> yeah. the minute I was reading this, I'm like, well, why isn't this a kids on bike book? But I think yeah. it's easier to get people who are familiar with Five E into of yeah. alternative role playing games through Five E. And so yeah. I thought this was a really cool, cool pro- or product. Like, do I hear anything? Roll perception. Yeah. 
So it's called Knife to Know You. It's got a really Thank fun uh, cover, and I don't know. I'm anyway, but I I haven't read it. I don't know if I recommend it just yet. But I like. I'm intrigued by the idea. Like the idea so, of it, yeah. at least at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but Sly Flourish read it, and he said he really liked it. So. Very cool. uh, there's also a dice set coming out with Wild Beyond the Witchlight. We've seen this a lot. Uh, I realized that I have the Silver Moon one, yeah, uh, yeah. which was Explorer's Guide or something that wasn't actually tied to anything. And I have the yeah. uh, Baldur's Gate one, but I never picked up the Icewind Dale dice because they looked too similar to the other dice that I got. Right. So I don't know. But right. um, very interesting. Three books. Three books. That'll get us out through the rest of the year, and then we'll see what comes for the next year. Uh, D&D Live is going on, so there's a bunch of celebrity games happening yep. right now. I, saw, I jumped in a couple of them and watched some of them. There's some charity stuff running at the same time, so they're doing some charity stream stuff. Um, Ned, or I'm sorry, Ted is, and I would say Ned because it's nerd immersion, but Ted <laughs> is running video after video. He's running himself ragged making yeah, videos, so you can go a lot of check coverage. his stuff out. So if you um, probably, if you want the too long didn't read, you can go check out a lot of Ted's videos. He's talking yeah. about it. Um, and, and there's a lot up on D&D right now too. Yeah. So. Uh, but uh, I'm sure more information, they're going to tease this a whole bunch as more things come out. Oh, my question for you about Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Yes. We want a Feywild book. And if you said, Jordan, what's the Feywild book you'd want before you saw anything that they've listed here in Wild Beyond the Witchlight? What Feywild book did you want? And is this anywhere close to what you thought they were going to bring out for a Feywild book? If they said, we're bringing a Feywild book out, we have a couple of months to just speculate. Was this what you thought we were getting? Uh, no. Well, I knew this was an adventure, but it's not necessarily what I want. Yeah. Um, I okay. uh, not I don't know if this is surprising, but I really liked Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, and I liked that we had like all of Ravenloft, but there's little sub pockets, and I can pick and choose which one I want to use. It's all kind of like divvied up like that. There's mm -hmm. not an uh, a strict adventure, but there is like you could go here and here and here, and here's the Archfey that does this, and there, here's their secret. Um, I would love something like that for the Feywild. You yeah. know, and if they're going this domain of delight route, maybe we'll see that. And mm -hmm. maybe it will be like, here's, uh, you know, Prismere with this Archfey, and here's uh, the Jocular Junction with its Archfey or something. And it's got this kind of a theme, and it's, I don't know, autumn themed. And here's the uh, you just said the Prince thing of I would Winter, want to point out. you know. Yeah. And that's, that's what I things, wanted. So. I wanted the courts of the yeah. seasons, and I wanted it to be this. We find out that there's a world somehow wrapped around the world we're in, and you there's sometimes slide the into it. And the and but the there is a huge battle going on between the courts of winter, summer, Dresden spring, style. and fall. Yeah. And who are the Fae that are associated with that? And what do those lands look like? And what is the big battle over? And why are they fighting all the time? And why does it sometimes come into our world and sometimes we get pulled into their world? That's what I was looking for, this big kind of because i love the idea of the courts and then mm -hmm. then you'd have your cool arch fay that's the head of that court and what does that look like and some really cool aesthetics to that and kind of like the eladrian kind of push us to almost in that way when they described those and brought them in as a race that we could play almost like hey there's a whole fay world out there that could be influenced by mood and in the seasons and the way the world kind of turns. Mm -hmm. and I thought that was the book I really wanted. I wasn't ready for the cupcakes and we're going to play a Care Bears and unicorns <laughs> and the whimsical because that was the word they used. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whimsical. Oh, this is going to be fun. We're going to find out who stole the pie off of, you know, the baker's window seal and there's like I think a, it'll a be kid's a little parable in there. That. <laughs> uh, the well, then you could go I mean, the Grim Tales. Be it will be like, yeah. go, who stole the pie? And then you find a human hand in it. And you're like, yeah. wait, what? I think you could. You could go the grim fairy tale way. <laughs> I think but would that be a domain of delight? It. That seems like a domain of horror to me. Yeah. Well, they're using <laughs> domain of delight, I think, as an antithesis of domain of dread. But I yeah. think, uh, which you're right. I mean, people read that and they're just like, is this Care Bears? Uh, yeah. Maybe it's bad marketing. But uh, I think this is that's the also the Feywild. I think you look at it and you're like, what a beautiful place. And then you see 
the under evil that actually exists there and how, you know, like, mm. oh no, like I'm happy. I've just been an indentured servant to this guy for the last 800 years. So like, what? Like, but everything's great. Leave, you know, but everything's yeah. great. Why but would everything's I want to leave? Great, you know, fake smiles <laughs> and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah, it could be. Yeah. I think if you run it that way, I think I, then I'm a little bit more in, but they also talked I mean, about like it being very more whimsical. Way, so, yeah, it, yes. it will be. I think uh, the, yeah. the humor in the 5e books is not going to stop with this. If anything, it's yeah. going to be amped up. Yeah, it's going to be gonna the great. a lot of silly stuff. So. Yeah, the, you're going to play Pooh stories and the great honey heist. And, ah, the great honey heist of 07. Yeah, we all remember that kind of stuff. <laughs> but all right. Well, those are pretty good. Those were. And one more question, because mm-hmm. now we know the mystery books. Mm-hmm. We know we got a Feywild, we got a Fizzbins that's loosely linked to Dragonlance, but we didn't really get a Dragonlance book. No, and because they it's, kind it's of said in the sense that Fizzbin is a Dragonlance character. Yeah, but, but in some of the ways not, they talk, it's not Dragonlance, another. So. Yeah, we were getting some old campaigns coming back books, and that hasn't necessarily nope. happened. Pushed in this to twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two, I think. So maybe yeah. maybe we're still waiting for those types of books that are yeah. coming. But we didn't get them yet. <laughs> Ravenloft was one. I'm fairly confident Dragonlance is one just because of uh, stuff. Like, it's, I don't know, the books coming out, the, the novels and things like that. And there's just been a lot of Dragonlance talk. Uh, but the third one, I, I don't know. Like, I was thinking it was going to be a Feywildy book or something. Maybe it will be a Feywild Shadowfell book. If this, if this adventure does well, maybe it will be that. Who knows? But you, you commented all the, all the time that they know the book release dates like five two years, years in advance, in advance yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two years they start advance, them early. So. so they already know everything. It's probably 90% done at this point. So who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Are you playing any Magic the Gathering, Lucian? I played last night, Jordan. I tried to. Um, With your cards, your brand new Magic the Gathering Forgotten They Wells do cards. not make the beginning player or player who's come back after a year experience easy. <laughs> to figure out what the hell's going on. They have a great presentation once you understand where things are and you kind of get an idea of how it works. But man, just sitting and staring at that screen for last night, I was like, how do I play a game? How do I get the Forgotten Realm cards? Yeah. How do I, they're well, like, we gotta, you gotta buy packs, but where do I get the money to buy packs? I don't, I know you can play this game without putting real money in. Plenty of people do it. Um, they don't make that easy for you at first. You got to dig a little bit for it, but then you kind of find how the play button can interact with different things. And some things are tournaments you buy into and some are not. So I'm slowly getting through that and remembering how that works, but man, the cards look really cool. And the opponents I played last night kicked the crap out of me <laughs> with some really cool magic, the gathering decks. I mean, they looked fantastic. And Danimal has been talking on the, on the discord about all the things he's been doing with like a thief deck. He's put yeah, together he put a rogue, and rogue, a rogue deck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm if you guys like, are interested, oh, this is we, so cool. we got us a, a little channel in the sub or in the um, discord now where we've been talking about magic, the gathering and I've added a, a bot so you can like bring up cards really easy to talk yeah. about things. Uh, and we've been having a good time and people are showing some screenshots and stuff. We've got like card mechanic talks and yep. it's got me all like, I'm kind of getting kind of interested in it. I'm so. excited for next Friday because yeah, next Friday, we're going to be able to go to the stores or whatever you've ordered is going to come in. We're going to be able to get some unboxing done on Saturday's show. Yeah. And we're going to get to see these really cool cards and artwork and mechanics and see all these things that we know about. Like I was playing and I was telling, uh, um, George, just before we started my play, the, the guy I played last night had a cleric deck and the first creature he threw down on the table was a roper. Yeah. And then it had cool mechanics to it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is super cool. And then his cleric finally got leveled up. And he started leveling his cleric up. And it was getting more and more abilities for his cleric. And I was just like, this is super cool. I just have regular magic cards. And I'm trying to fight you. But all that stuff over there that you're doing, then Icy Death comes down. You know, yeah. the, the white dragon. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm the one that's Destroy dying. Me. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty cool. I can't yeah, wait to get a, um, a deck of it and start building some sets and start getting into yeah. it. I'm, I'm super interested. I don't think I'm going to actually get into magic as a whole, but mm-hmm. I do want to collect this set and uh, that could get very expensive. We'll see. This uh, could be the, I, I get off the it, wagon. Like I've been on, I've been on the straight and narrow. I've been going to the <laughs> AA meetings 
and I've had my token forever. I haven't dipped back in, guys. I've been really good, but I might be falling off the wagon pretty mm. soon, so it could happen. That that addiction to collectible card games is a strong pull. <laughs> I mean, you remember you had Pokemon. You played the yeah, Pokemon stuff, I right? A lot of Pokemon. Well, I played Pokemon up until I think they released a second set of cards. Yeah. And then I it clicked in my uh, middle school, like maybe I was a ninth grade head, where I'm like. I'll never be able to collect all the cards because they're just going to always make more. Like in my mind, I was like, if I can get enough of the base (laughs) set of cards, but I was like, yeah, I I don't have money for this. So, but if they were going to do like a team up magic, the gathering and Pokemon, and they were going to do a Pokemon base set in the magic, the gathering style of game, would you be excited? I don't know. Would that be Uh, like a clash of of cool Titans? But like, that would be kind of interesting where you're like, your son will get into Pokemon. I'm going to play my icing death card versus, write you or something right know. right <laughs> just something funny. you have <laughs> too funny so oh, i want to get to the dungeon piece where you can dive into the dungeons and yeah. get things and there's adventure cards with the actual art from the adventures that look fantastic yeah. i mean this set has really cool blown too. my mind <laughs> of what they've done with magic i mean it has blown my mind so i'm excited if you can't tell <laughs> um and yeah so next week uh friday i'm gonna go to my local game store and i'm gonna i'm gonna record a video i might talk to random people i don't know i'm just gonna like have fun and i'm gonna pick up my cards and uh then saturday uh we can unbox a couple cards here uh or un- open a couple packs but i might do a live stream saturday night and just like casual let's just talk about magic uh we'll see we'll see what's going on but yeah. lucian are you playing playing some Dungeon of the Mad Mage? What what's going on with your yeah uh, Dungeon your of the Mad RPG Mage life? I guess we'll get out of yeah. We had a great discussion last week about um, I've got this Arcane Archer, level six and uh, cleric three Twilight cleric three. We leveled up and I had to make the big decision before we played on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Do I go Arcane Archer seven because there's some cool abilities there, or do I go? cleric four which has also got some cool abilities and i could take a feat which could also help and start building into that strong cleric class um and i decided that after you know me and jordan were talking about it and then i started to have images in my head about how it would look and i had to go the arcane archer seven to get the bending arrow and i didn't need magic arrow because i had the magic bow which we've all ruled that when you have a magic bow, then when your arrow hits, it's considered magic damage, not just considered regular piercing damage. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't like I couldn't hit things that were immune to non-magical attacks. But this is the point where they put that in. If you didn't have that and you're just using a regular bow still at this point, all every arrow you shoot out of a regular bow as an arcane archer now, once you hit seven, is considered a magical attack and it can affect, affect nice. that. So that's nice to have if I ever needed it, but didn't really need it. But the bending arrow, this mechanic of you fire, and if you miss, you can reroute that arrow to another creature within 60 feet, mm-hmm. use your bonus action, reroll to attack. That came in and changed the look of my character like immediately. I'm already this arcane archer hitting with what I think of as like supersonic arrows. And I've always described it in the game as that it's breaking the sound barrier that it's hitting so hard because every arrow, because <laughs> I'm using sharpshooter mm-hmm. and I'm using, so I'm pulling back on this big bow and it hits for a ton of damage when it hits. It's like 20, 21 points, 25 points, 24 points, every arrow I fire. And so we've always kind of, cinematically described that is when one of these creatures get hit, it's just like knocking them back and it's hitting your sounds and it's like a big sonic boom is happening. And now I'm bouncing it off an armor when I make that miss and then it hammers into somebody else or it curves around and hits some other person. And I just love the idea of this feels like Legolas at, at the max level. This is, you know, you're doing crazy stuff with arrows that, no human can actually do right Mm. you're into the the fantastical world at this point and i love it i love describing what it does i love thinking about how those combats go now and i think it's great yeah so that's fun we finished level six because we had dropped down and we had to come back up we are mapping uh dungeon of the mad mage for acquisitions incorporated we are the water deep branch um we are the misfits of acquisitions incorporated so we get the dirty jobs and they sent us down there 
And uh, so we finally are going back up. We get to do our um, downtime. We have like 20 or more days saved up of downtime. And I have, you guys, if you really are going to pick a game to watch, this next one might be the one you watch because I've worked with the DM and we're thinking about a way to remove a sidekick that I've had with us for a while because we're playing sidekick rules and those work really well. Um, I really like the expert sidekick. We had a Kenku that was running around with us that we had found out he was turned to stone and we reversed that and then he adventured with us, which was kind of a cool story thing. But now I'm thinking that that character will go off and do its normal stuff now and then it's just part of the story. Okay. And I'm going to bring in a... a uh, I'm going to use all my downtime and all my money that I've been saving up <laughs> to purchase a trained combat monstrous creature. Are you going to get your displacer beast you want? I'm hoping. <laughs> We're going to see. So I'm going to try for something like that. Um, you know, or I always thought another cool one would be like the bullet. The boulet or As whatever. A train. Yeah. yeah, yeah. However, you know, people want to use yeah, that yeah. one. Or an owl bear, or one of these things that's a monstrous creature, but somebody has taken the time to raise it from young, work with adventurer group or work with a, a yeah. trainer, and you are able to then have that with you mm. as you know as a trained um thing so yeah my first really game cool. with nathan as the dm uh mm -hmm. one of the players found a albert egg and yeah. raised it. and so it was it was like he had to do a lot of rolls and stuff when it was still a baby um mm -hmm. to you know take care of it but once it became uh, an, a mature albert he had this pet that would run around and listen to him it was fun so yeah I think it'd be cool. And it, uh, so I thought that'd be a cool aspect to add to the game. It's a cool story to think about one of your cool characters. And I'm hoping this character I have is going to go to 20. So it's going to be one of those full storyline characters that'll have a cool background and then all the stuff he does between one and 20. And then what happens to that character as they go off into the sunset and almost like the Dritz. I mean, Dritz has his cool companions yeah. and his group and he has the Panther and, you know, so it's really cool kind of stuff. It's kind of similar in that way. I think it'd be a, to run a character like you need that an Albert figure figure of wondrous power is what I'm hearing. So. I, I that was the way I was going to approach it was to use my downtime to try to find figurines of power, mm -hmm. either the Rams or the Golden Lions or there's a couple of cool ones. There's a Raven one. Yep. There's a couple of cool ones there's in there too. There's a fly, an elephant. Yeah. yeah. So very cool. So that's what I'm hoping for. Um, that means we're going to dive back down all the way to eight now and see what happens when we get down to level eight of Dungeon of the Mad Mage. So this could be very interesting. Uh, I just want you to find that Spelljammer helm that I know is hidden. Down we're going to it's coming. <laughs> we're going to we find everything. It seems like it's coming. That's awesome. In the level we were in, it was very dwarven centric. And it was like we found like a level of somebody who worshipped a dwarven god and they had like this museum set up to it and stuff but it um and we found like an armory devoted to it and statues and all kinds of cool stuff so level six was really fun um i'm interested to see what the next levels are as we get deeper and deeper that they're themed by and we'll probably start running into the apprentices of um the mad mage at this point i mean mm. he's got several people that he apprenticed and brought down in there and they were supposedly have their own levels. So I assume we're going to start hitting some of those things pretty soon too, and get some of that lore, which would be pretty cool. Um, but what about Jordan? What kind of games has Jordan been playing? Uh, well, uh, I'm playing in a game that Nathan is running dungeon master, Nathan. Um, and this is his Nellaloom game. Uh, and I have joined oh, later. Is that the so name of his, that's his, uh, home world. Yeah. It's custom homeworld. campaign. Very cool. Uh, his uh, the the planet maybe the thing I haven't actually my character hasn't been there because they got transported to another uh, area on the prime material plane and that's where they met my character who is the oh. sea elf monk. Um, but yeah, we're we're exploring places trying to find uh, some magical. They, the party needs to find some magical weapons that they believe will be able to get them back to home where they want to go. And I ha I'll probably have to make a decision where I'm like, will my character go with you? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, it's not my <laughs> home. My I'm from home. here. <laughs> so, um, but we, you brought up a roper earlier and we fought a, a modified roper that was a really fun battle. And this thing was trying to like pull us in and, and devour <laughs> us in acid. And then uh, on top of that, while we were fighting this roper, these 
giant rats with their brains exposed, cranium rats, were climbing up and talking to us in our head, being like, you gotta go home, you're not supposed to be here. And we were like, oh no. (laughs) So that was a lot of fun attacking those. And I'm using the new stuff from Tasha's for monks where I can have a dedicated monk weapon. And so I'm proficient with a trident, but because it's a monk weapon, I can use decks with it. And that's been a lot of fun to like run in. And I just like the idea of him having this like Aquaman trident and I'm attacking a bunch of stuff. Uh, And so I'm having a lot of fun with this sea elf character. He's really cool. Um, And then uh, my Eberron game that I play on Friday nights. And if you guys are interested in that, I I haven't been tweeting about it. I just need to. But uh, another YouTuber named Kugo the Mighty, he really loves D&D and Eberron. And he- I love his name is running this game uh, and we're having a lot of fun with it. Uh, Like a lot of fun. It's really good. We're level three. Um, He's doing something interesting where if it feels story appropriate, you level up. So we had one of the, one of the fighters, he like trained um, another group of, of other, he trained another group. And after that training, they were like, you level up. So we're going to have out of sync player or levels, which I was like, I haven't really had that in a while, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Not since I ran Hot Springs Island, where I was actually using experience points, did mm-hmm. players level up at different rates. Right. It was kind of fun. But uh, yeah, I'm a goblin ranger named Zix, and I'm running around shooting bows, and I've got uh, bugs attached to me, which is kind of fun. I'm a Third level, you get ranger. to pick a subclass, right? Yeah, I'm the swarm ranger. So swarm I've got uh, bugs, and when I fire my bow... Or I don't, well, I have a bow, but I've actually took, uh, I throw rocks with magic stone. And so when I throw my stones, there's bugs attached and they do extra piercing damage. It's just kind of fun. You're like uh, that character from Naruto that's the bug guy. Yeah, that's Forget what I was going name. for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that character. He's a great character. I thought it was really fun. At higher levels, you can actually like fly a little bit because your bugs yeah. will lift you up. It's kind of fun. Um, but that last, uh, the last game that we played last night, we're trying to... Uh, we're right at, at the wall for uh, the Mornland. Like, there's just giant mists, and you see mm. weird faces in the mist. And uh, a Warforged walked out of it, so we're trying to figure out uh, where this Warforged belongs. Uh, we ended up doing a taking him apart, basically, to try and find his serial number, which was kind of interesting. <laughs> and we found his serial number, but it doesn't correlate to anything that we know of. So now I think the plan is to go to a larger city and see um, what's happening there. And also try to get some tech that maybe uh, we can use that tech to take down the Mornland or like uh, basically, I don't know, return Seer to what it was before the morn- the day of mourning. So, uh, and that's the fun thing about Eberron is nobody knows. Like mm-hmm. there's no established lore about what is inside the Mornland, what is like, what actually happened there. Uh, and so it's all like in Kugo's head and I'm just like, this is really cool. Not knowing, you know, Mm -hmm. like I know so much about Eberron, but nobody knows the answer to that. And so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Except Keith himself. Yep. He's keeping it secret. Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of Keith Baker, he released a Eberron supplement recently that ties Eberron to Ravenloft. So there is potentially, if you wanted to utilize that supplement, you could uh, the day of mourning, the actual mists of Ravenloft, uh, those could be tied. And so going into the Mornlands, you might wind up in this domain of dread that he's created. Uh, it's It seemed really interesting. So I haven't read it yet, but uh, I, I'm going to do a review at some point on the channel um, because it's really cool. Yeah. Very cool. So you're playing in two games, not running a game then. Not. I need to run a game. Yeah, what's what's going on there? <laughs> well, I I got the game room set up, uh, and and I want to run a game, but I just haven't I haven't found. Uh, well, I I don't know. I just need to put an SOS out there and see like what what yeah. days are people available. But uh, we're still playing uh, Gloomhaven on Sunday nights. So then I'm like, well, now I have three nights of gaming. That's kind of a lot. <laughs> can I add a fourth? So can I add a fourth? <laughs> yeah. And so if I start running one, I don't know if I need to. Uh, cancel a game or just I don't know or like well, maybe I, maybe Gloomhaven will be every two weeks instead of every week and then we'll I'm pretty we'll sure if somebody keeps reading that Tolis book Ugh. there could be a Tolis campaign on the horizon good. <laughs> so yeah right now I'm amped about Eberron I kind of want to run that 
Uh, That'd be good. What I would your Eberron campaign be? What What's the idea that you would you would want to do? I'm not sure yet. You know, I you just like I, the world. Just I just in Eberron, some kind of an adventure, and it could be mm-hmm. exploring the Mornlands. It could be uh, maybe maybe the city of Spires, and I'll do a a big like just a, a city campaign. I haven't really done mm-hmm. that before. That'd be kind of fun. When you um, had your drow campaign. And then the drow one the always comes up in the back of my head. And I just yeah. really kind of want to do that as well, where everybody's a drow and <laughs> you're working for the different houses and there's like, who's actually working for who, who's a double agent. And that game, I want to have a lot of like outside of game talk one-on-one. So mm-hmm. I know I can like give information to players that then could like come up there. And then there's been a lot of talk about doing Rod of Seven Parts Part 2. Uh, because those players want to come back, and a lot of people have been pestering Ted, like, when are you guys going to come back? I really like this group. And so, oh, that's good. <laughs> so, I don't know. They're good characters. But I really like playing at the table, and I've got this whole table set up, and I kind of want to play, I want to roll real dice, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody up here where I'm at is enjoying the summer. We can get out finally. We had a year of being indoors. Uh, so I haven't really wanted to infringe on that too much, but I'm thinking once the temperature around here starts to drop, I think I'm going to be ready to jump back into that DM seat again because it's been a while. Yeah. And like, again, the job is starting. Been there long enough that I'm get, getting it, um, trying to get things under a handle. I think by the time that October, November, December time start happening, that might slow down a little bit enough that I can actually use brain power to figure out a cool campaign to run. Do I go back to Revenor? Do I... Do I do something yeah. totally different of all the millions of ideas we've done? I've, I'm still strong on this um, campaign setting that there's a group of kingdoms or a group of just organizations. You can name them whatever you want. They're sending one of their best to the edge because the edge of the world has been found. And yeah. nobody well, that's knows another thing I was do. thinking like that, that probably the edge should of be the, the next thing I run. You know? <laughs> or, yeah. or my homebrew world of Endegar. I was like, oh, I want to yeah, do that. But then the more we talk about this end of the world, like sideways hex crawl, the more I'm like, that yeah. seems really interesting. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I was already thinking about how that first adventure would go because setting it when there's no infrastructure there. So it's not like there's been people there for 20 years and they've been able to figure out how to go down two miles, but then they've got stuck. I want to put the campaign at the beginning that this is it. Nobody knew it was here. We found it. Found it. What the hell do we do? And the thing that has brought attention to it is somebody has found like a vein right in the side of the cliff of like a silver or a gold vein because they went down, Mm -hmm. you know, they used enough rope that they could only get (laughs) two or three hundred probably feet before the rope became too heavy and would snap on its own so like i wanted to figure out the physics of when does rope become so heavy in itself that it can't maintain itself let alone somebody trying to climb on it and that's where the adventure would start as they've they've lost some people because ropes have snapped because they've went too far you can't see because there's this big cloud of well, Moisture. is this going to be low magic? Because what about Roll. one wizard that has fly or an Aarakocra? I already thought that. Okay. So th- there was a wizard. His spell runs out and he was never seen again. Because they tried to use Featherfall. They never came back. Now, the flying races, that would be, you know, the, even the I was thinking even that they get so tired that at some point. They haven't come back up. And I thought the reason is, is they go far enough down they get so tired and then they plummet. And I'm thinking at a far enough way, I'm thinking like three miles, four miles, five miles. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking, how fast do you fall? You know, how many oh, okay. miles an hour can you fall in? Right. Yeah. So if it's like 60 miles an hour, that means if you went for an hour, you would have gotten 60 miles. So how big is this world? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, so maybe it's thousands of miles down and then there's a, a, a small cliff or a small piece that people are hitting when they get down there? Or are there creatures capturing people that go that far down, which is what I actually wanted to do. There have been big nets set up, and there's an underground underworld group, and I was thinking like a Duragar or a a Drow, Mm -hmm. or just pick one of the underworld races, 
that have set these nets up so that when people come plummeting down or they fly too far down, they get captured. And then that's how they're, that's their, that's why they never get back up and trading stuff. And so they, they, you got like Morlocks wearing like really cool swords and stuff from the right. So, and then our adventurers are going to go and find out why are people not coming back after they go a certain amount down. So I thought, and then you could explore that world. And then what I wanted it to lead into was that as you go layer to layer to layer, you would start to see this is the epoch of this kingdom that kind of ruled the whole world. But then they they had their heyday and then they were crushed. And then there's and it's just be like layers of stone, but it's layers of forgotten kingdoms. So it's the true forgotten realms <laughs> that I've always wanted in the title, like you find them, you're there. You're like, you see architecture that's been just sheared off. And you're like, you know, you're in another zone now because this architecture was different than the architecture we saw a hundred miles up. Mm -hmm. So now we know we've hit another layer. And then do we go into this layer? Do we go see what's going on here? Do we go down to the next layer? Do we keep going down and let the players do what they want to do and just explore off of that, you Mm -hmm. know, and just explore what those worlds are and their worlds stacked upon worlds stacked upon worlds. Kind of like I always imagine Numenera and the ninth world is yeah, world after world after world after world stacked on top of each other, you know, and you can dig down and you can find it. It's there if you just know where to look. So that was kind of the idea. I want to York. Yeah. So I'm Uh, excited for that. Yeah. So, well, it sounds like we need to run games like there. That'd be really yeah. fun. I'm going to put all those notes in our doc so we have all yep. that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you again for the uh, the 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 donation. That's always yep. a nice and surprise. Helps us keep the lights on over here. Um, Double crit failed. Just said good morning. So I think uh, you're going to be sad that we're leaving Welcome. right now because it is the it's end an of the hour show. show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're we're really happy that you guys got to hang out with us. Um, we will be back next week with more of our personal. I think it'll games. be a big show next week. Um, and probably a lot of a lot of cool Magic the Gathering stuff to talk Magic about. Magic the Gathering realms, Magic the Gathering, and then uh, we'll see what other news comes out of D and D Live. So yeah, we'll see you guys all uh, next mm-hmm. week.